0: All right, hold on. I want to make sure the audio's coming out where it's supposed to. I think we got this. Welcome, welcome. It is good to have you here. My name is Damon Bruce. Your name is the Plucers. You've dubbed it Humo Day, not Hump Day, Humo Day over here. And it is already Wednesday, December 13th. Again, I think I got the mic on. I don't think Kim Schaefer is going to be telling me that it's coming through the wrong audio. I think we got ourselves together here today, and it's good. It's the right week to get yourself together because it's Take Care of Business Week if you're the San Francisco 49ers, and that is where we start today's show. As you saw by the thumbnail, by the glorious thumbnail made by yours truly that the 49ers have a game that absolutely qualifies for a trap game right in front of them this weekend. Some people wanted to say, well, Seattle games, a trap game. No, it really wasn't. I think Seattle's good enough to not be a trap game. The Arizona Cardinals are bad enough to be a trap game. You've already beaten this team. You've already pounded this team. Christian McCaffrey's already scored four touchdowns in a single game against this team. Um, the Cardinals are 3-10. and 10. They're getting 14 points in this game. It's got trap game written all over it, and all I can tell you is that smart animals avoid traps. And I think that the 49ers are a very smart animal. I think that they are smart enough to avoid the hunters' traps here. It's just that simple. Again, they've already beaten this team 35-16, and that was the Arizona Josh Dobbs all the way back in week four now. Feels like a million years ago. And it was a four-touchdown afternoon for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, This is a trap game. But the smart animal avoids the trap, and I think what keeps NFL teams as smart animals is coaching and culture. The 49ers got an awful lot of coaching and culture. Rockin' New Air 84, real simple. Going straight up Admiral Akbar. It's a trap. It is a trap. It it there's no doubt this qualifies as a trap game. But the 49ers are smart. They're going to avoid it. I really believe that they're going to avoid this. By the way, uh AJ Cruz 75. Rejoice all Plusers. Humo Day. It's as good as Salisbury Steak Day. Look, I don't know if anything trumps Salisbury Steak Day. Thank you very much. Uh, Nacho Crash says, I wonder if Damon's got a grown-up Draymond rant in him today. Well, look, we can't, we're, we're no longer going to be hoping for things that are unrealistic. This show is based in reality, and Draymond Green growing up, I don't believe, is tethered to actual reality, earthbound reality. But we'll get there. We'll eventually get there when it comes to Draymond. If, if he'll ever get there, I don't know but we'll eventually get there. But first, we start with the NFL. That is King. That is the beast that feeds the machine more than anything else. We talked about how the machine is starting to eat itself alive with just ridiculous talking points, and that was kind of... Uh, Tuesday's show today's show is about handling your business against the three and 10 Cardinal team. They're set. The Arizona Cardinals are now set for their seventh non-winning season in eight years. Look, there were a couple of eight and eights in there. So, you know, respect, but they're also in danger of finishing with the most losses. Okay. The most losses in franchise history. That's what the, that, that's what the Arizona Cardinals are trying to avoid here. They've never lost 14 games in a season. They could lose 14 games in a season now if they don't get their act together, if they don't win another game. They've lost 13 games three different times, and they're basically totally inglorious history. And this is a team that, let's be honest, you know, we got the 49ers looking at a very significant degree of culture and coaching, and... Even if the Arizona Cardinals have figured out their coaching problem with Jonathan Gannon, and we still don't know whether or not he is going to be a good or bad NFL coach. I mean, this is hardly the team that is going to tell us who he is as a coach because they're rebuilding this team on the fly right around him. Um, there is no culture in Arizona. Or you could say that the culture in Arizona is a culture of losing. It's what they do. It's who they are. You know, Bill Bidwell... Young or old, junior or senior, really doesn't matter. If your last name is Bidwell, you own the Cardinals and the Cardinals suck. That's kind of who they are. Um, You know, this is a team that has a general manager, Monty Ossenfort, who is trying to rebuild on the fly since taking over for Steve Kime. And that was supposed to be a glorious moment for the Cardinals and Car- you know Ky- Kyler Murray, who, look, he has won two out of four. This is a bad football team, but they have won, and Kyler Murray has won two of his last four starts, and the Cardinals winning two of four means they're pretty much on their hot streak this year. They're they, When you've only won three games, but you're two and four, or two and two in the last four, this is... This is peaking Arizona Cardinals right now. So that's what the Niners are going to deal with. And I do think that the addition of Kyler Murray is just enough to again culture and coaching means the 49ers is eye is going to be on the ball anyway. But I think that Kyler Murray is enough for them to even lean more forward into this game and say, all right, well, this is the kind of quarterback that historically we've had trouble against. The mobile jitterbug can beat you with his legs type of quarterback, and we need to handle that. Um, The Arizona Cardinals are built to be a one dimensional team. They are a run, first, second, and third team. They are among, uh, uh, they're a top 10 rushing team. In the NFL, the Arizona Cardinals are a top-10 rushing team. They are in the bottom quarter of teams when it comes to passing. Any team that comes in as a one-dimensional team against the 49ers defense, you're in a little trouble right there, right? The 49ers are pretty good at shutting down whatever you do best, and so now when you're playing left-handed, how good are you at playing left-handed? I don't think the Arizona Cardinals are very good playing right-handed, much less left-handed. So you look at how— GM Monty Austin Ford has rebuilt this team on the fly. A lot of things have changed quickly for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, DJ Watt, or excuse me, JJ Watt. JJ, not DJ Watt. DJ Watt is spinning tonight at Temple. Um... J.J. Watt is uh, retired now. He can spend wherever he wants. Zach Allen, uh, Zach Allen left ver- via free agency. Uh, Brian Murphy Jr. He was out during free agency. Uh, outside linebacker Marcus Golden got released. Center Rodney Hudson got released. Wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins got released. Isaiah Simmons got traded. Colt McCoy was released. Zach Ertz was released. Josh Dobbs got traded to the Vikings. You know this year. Had It's not going anywhere written all over it. So trimming on the fly with NFL average players kind of holding placeholders is the plan of this year. Not competing is what the Cardinals sort of intended to do this season. So they're meeting their team goal, right? Okay, there there you go. At least they're finally hitting something they're aiming at. Um, This should be a big and loud win. A big and loud win. For the San Francisco 49ers, we'll see if they can handle their business. Coaching and culture gets you through trap games more than anything else. So I think the Niners got a lot going for them. And really, when it comes down to what you got, what you're putting on the table, the Arizona Cardinals just don't put enough on the table, right? They don't. They don't. Um... Their leading receiver right now is tight end Trey McBride. He leads the team in catches and yards. Marquise Brown and Rondale Moore are the wide receivers of varying degrees of effectiveness. The offense doesn't even average 300 yards per game. 172 passing yards per game. Again, that's his bottom three in the NFL. They're ahead of only the Panthers and the New York Giants when it comes to passing this year. And let's face it, that is a, uh, a team... With a struggling rookie quarterback and a team with a, at least today, beloved Italian quarterback, Uh, New York Giants have uh, uh, Danny DeVito now as quarterback. And they're very excited about that. At least little Italy is. Um, It's a top 10 rushing offense. A top 10 rushing offense, 124 yards per game. And again, the Niners are built to slow that down. Are they not? I think they are. So, uh the 49ers meanwhile are averaging 30 points per game. Arizona's not even at 18. They're 17.7 points per game. And this has just got big loud win for the 49ers written all over it. Handle your business. They had a job to do against Seattle. They got that job done. The job should technically be easier against these Arizona Cardinals, but As I tell you each and every week there, the the NFL has a way of serving up. Nothing is easy in this league. It really isn't. So mind your P's and Q's dot your eyes, cross your T's pay attention to the details. And the Niners should walk away with a win and a cover. If we're being totally honest about handicapping this game, everything about the Niners is on an upward trajectory right now. And everything about the Arizona Cardinals is at best, just a plateau or getting worse at all times. We almost got a bird gauntlet going here. This is something I was talking to Ray Ratto about, uh, about a year ago. There was a team that actually had the entire bird gauntlet on their schedule, and I do believe that no one's ever totally run the bird gauntlet. The 49ers will almost have a shot at doing that. Again, the the Atlanta Falcons are not on the schedule. You need some you need to kiss on the forehead from the scheduling gods to run a bird gauntlet. The bird gauntlet in the NFL is obviously Cardinals, Seahawks, Ravens, Eagles, and Falcons. And you need a a big scheduling break to have the bird gauntlet on there. Now the 49ers, Seahawks, check twice. Cardinals already checked once. They need to check that box again on Sunday. Eagles, that box got checked. Ravens Christmas game. There's a box that you want to check. And again, no Falcons. So you can't run the fur, the full bird gauntlet, but the 49ers are going to come close, going to come close. Um, cheers to you, welcome, hit like, hit subscribe, we are growing this channel each and every day, there are more subscribers every time I look up, there are more views, there are more steady, consistent views each and every day, and I thank you so very much for hitting like, hitting subscribe, and being part of what I really believe is just one of the coolest communities out there, I don't want to let anyone down, okay, I don't want to let anybody down, but sip of the day is off the board. It's off the board today, and I'll tell you why. Because I feel like I've, I've let you into my house. I've let you into my life. You know my family. And I'm just going to tell you, we got bunk beds for the boys. The four-year-old Jack goes up to the top bunk, handles his business like a man. Ozzy is transitioning from crib to bottom bunk, going to his big boy bed. And it's good that he's trying to get into his big boy bed. The problem is, is he gets out of his big boy bed at like 545 in the morning sometimes. When Ozzy feels like it's time to get out of bed, there's no crib to stop that anymore. You can't slow down Ozzy, you can only hope to contain him. And there's nothing to contain him anymore. He's out of the crib, he's in the big boy bed, he's up at 5:45, which means daddy is up at 5:46. Oh, so coffee went on early. We're, we're again Two cups of coffee already consumed. We're down to here in second cup already. So sip of the day is officially off the board. I'm sorry, everybody. I know all bets are action, but we just, I, I never want to lie to you. I'm never going to pretend, oh, sip of the day, sip of the day. No, it's just, we we did that hours ago. I'll just be honest. David Ryder understands dark and early, dark and early and early. Yosarian, you're absolutely correct. Ozzy is a fucking madman. He really is. He is. We should have known. We should have known. When you start calling someone Ozzy, you're just kind of asking for it in the universe. You're putting it out there. I hope I'm having someone who's going to be a handful, and he certainly is living up to the billing. Uh, when it comes to living up to the billing, you will find out each and every day you go to lunch at Ike's, you are getting a sandwich that lives up to the billing. It is love. It is sandwiches. You will feel both. You will taste both. And if you use the Ike's Rewards app, you're going to love earning your way to free sandwiches. Download the Ike's Reward app. I told you that I was going to get an Adam Richman yesterday. My day got away from me. I didn't get an Adam Richman yesterday. Today might be the day today. It's going to happen soon. I need an Ike sandwich in my life. You need an Ike sandwich in your life. Get an Ike sandwich in your life. And when it's in your life, you put it in your mouth and you are happy. That's how that works. Ike sandwich in the hand, feeling good. Ike sandwich in the mouth, feeling great. Ike sandwich in your belly. Now you're satisfied. He couldn't land Shohei Otani, but he will absolutely land your hunger. He will deliver. Thank you very much to my friend, Ike. Thank you very, very much to Dr. Paul Hughes, who has treated my knee with cellular replacement therapy in a way that has made my knees feel younger than my actual 48-year-old body, my bone-on-bone arthritis. It's like it's not even there anymore. We avoided invasive, expensive surgery. We avoided all the pain medication that you need after a surgery. My man, Dr. Paul Hughes, go to orthopedicsurgeries.com if you want to avoid an orthopedic surgery. Get a consultation about your aching shoulder, your knee, your bone-on-bone, your arthritis. He can fix it. Orthopedicsurgeries.com to start your journey to feeling better with Dr. Paul Hughes. And if you'd like a journey to look better better, Begin your journey at Jack's. Every single thing that you would need for the sports fan in your life, the coolest vintage T-shirts of all Bay Area sporting franchises, those in existence, out of existence, like these very Mission Reds. One of San Francisco's first professional baseball teams. You can find it at jackssf.com. And when you go to JacksSF.com and you put everything in your shopping cart, use promo code DamonBruce10 for 10% off when you check out. And if you're going to be checking out some lines, some prop bets, a little gambling this upcoming weekend, I want you to check out MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag. Use promo code Damon when you sign up for a 50% deposit match up to $1,000. It's a full-on casino at MyBookie.ag. Make sure your credit card is approved for international use. That's how they get away with all their fun and games. MyBookie.ag, a trusted source in the gambling space. Take my word for it and use my name as your promo code when you sign up. So, uh, a little more NFL news for you this morning before we hop into Club Plus. before we actually talk about what happened to the Warriors last night and so on and so forth. By the way a little sympathy from Michelle Haberman saying "Damon I was up at 5:15 a.m. today I get it yeah it's an early rise man the official 999 my son be up at the ass crack of dawn pulling down the blankets off me. Yeah, yeah, seriously, man. Well, it's funny. My kids come into the room with blanket. He's carrying a blanket. He's got a, a car that he just will not put down. It's his favorite red car. It's his toy. And he brings those things everywhere. And I can hear that car rattling and I can hear the blanket dragging behind him. And he just comes on in and he hits me in the head with a metal car. Good morning, dad. Yeah. So official 999, I'm going to also agree. My son be up at the ass crack of dawn as well. <laughs> when do your son be up? He be up at the ass crack. No doubt. No doubt. That's when he be up for real. Um, thank you very much to Danny Golding. for a super chat of the show was at the game last night and going on Sunday. Yeah, we got Bay Area versus Phoenix, right? Well, Arizona anyways, and we will talk about what happened with the Warriors here in just a bit. But Danny, thank you as always, young man, for the super chat. Appreciate it. That is going in the ganja jar. Yeah, boy. By the way, I made a uh, short last night. It wasn't seen by very many people. It came out late. Uh, it was about Draymond Green, and you can actually see that I might have been in the ganja jar before I made that. I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna call myself out right now. Don't forget to bring a towel, as True Blue Forever would 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 say. I was high as a kite when I made that Draymond Green short last night, and and you can pretty much see it. <laughs> You can. You can see it. Uh, Real quick, some other NFL news from today before we move on to the Warriors. All kinds of signs out of New England that Bill Belichick's time as the Patriots head coach is going to be coming to an end at the end of the year. A bad stretch of an otherwise historically remarkable 24-year run is uh, pretty much the reason why he's in year four without Tom Brady. He's about to have his third losing season in his four years without Tom Brady. This roster, which he is also responsible for constructing for feels among the least talented rosters in all of football. So, you know, when things end poorly, they end poorly. That's kind of how it goes in sports. Everything is going along until it all comes to a screeching halt. The end of dynasties, kind of unforgiving. Again, this will bring us to the Warriors in just a bit. But look, you want to know what's bad for Kansas City is that the Patriots, haven't just become uncompetitive. They've become unwatchable and a game against the Kansas city chiefs has just been flexed out of Monday night football. That's got to concern. Robert Kraft. That's bad for the brand. That's bad for just the way people talk about your franchise. You do never, you never want to be a team that's getting flexed out of Monday night football and the league's not flexing the chiefs out of Monday night football. We all know who's getting flexed here. The Patriots are getting flexed on, not the Chiefs. So reports are, Tom Curran at the center of them, is that the decision to let Belichick go was basically made after a loss in Germany when the Patriots were playing over there, Robert Kraft, you know started looking at Bill Belichick a little differently at that moment. And is there anything that can save Bill Belichick from, you know, that moment to the end of the year? It doesn't seem or feel that way. The whole, we want him to break Don Shula's record. Coaching the Patriots was a, a fine idea and a noble cause, but uh, it doesn't look like the Patriots are going to let him get there. Bill Belichick has 332 total victories. That's regular season and playoffs. That ranks him second all time behind Don Shula's 347. So we're talking about, you know, a handful of wins here. We're talking about 15 wins away from the all time. Well, 16 to actually get it. And Bill's not going to apparently get that in New England. Now, I don't think his career will be over when the Patriots say that's enough. But if I were Bill Belichick, what more do you want to do? Do you really want to, at his age, start start over somewhere else? I don't, I don't know. Maybe just a coach has got a coach and that's a coach's life. But you'd think Bill Belichick would probably be thinking, maybe it's time for me to wrap this up. I don't know. I I don't know. Let's let's see if Mark Davis isn't ready to offer him a whole bunch of money to come be better than Josh McDaniels. And help those Las Vegas Raiders. Who on Thursday night are going to try to avoid being shut out at home again. Now it's the Chargers, not the Vikings on the menu. Uh, Let's see. The other news coming from the NFL is that the Super Bowl is going back to L.A. They plan these things out years in advance. And today it was announced that SoFi Stadium will host the game again in 2027. That makes three of the next four Super Bowls Pacific time zone Super Bowls. Uh, Obviously, this upcoming year is Super Bowl 58 at Allegiant Stadium. Super Bowl 59 in 2025 will move to the Superdome in Los Angeles or the Superdome in New Orleans and that to me is the best place to have the Super Bowl period end of story. Uh, then Super Bowl 60 will be at Levi's Stadium in Santa Clara, probably the worst place to have a Super Bowl if you want to be completely honest about it. And then after that in 2027, SoFi Stadium once again in Los Angeles and that's going to have a 3-year stretch of major sporting events. In Los Angeles, that's going to be hard to measure against anywhere else you go. Uh, The league is going to put that Super Bowl in L.A. in between the World Cup in 2026. And remember, the Summer Olympics is coming to Los Angeles in 2028. So that's, you know, the World Cup in 2026 for L.A. That's the Super Bowl in 2027 for L.A. And the Olympics in 2028 for L.A. And they get Shohei Otani. Nothing is fair. Nothing is fair. And don't tell me that they've always had Shohei Otani because he was playing in Anaheim. I haven't spent much time in Southern California, but I can tell you that Anaheim and Los Angeles, it might seem like they're close in the same thing. They are not. (laughs) They're not. Um, And all I can tell you is that the more you look at how the Dodgers are getting away with signing Shohei Otani, the grosser it just gets. It really does. You know, this, the the major league baseball system is broken. It's designed to be broken. The whole sport is asymmetrical from, you know, team budgets to outfield dimensions. It's all asymmetrical. Nothing has ever been fair or balanced or equal, but the amount of the Dodgers can get fat and continue to add around Shohei Ohtani because of the very unique contract that he agreed to. It's just nuts. You know, I mean, Shohei Ohtani's annual salary. Well, it's not like he's even making 70 million. He should. That's the thing. It should be $7 million On the 70 million on the books each year he plays for LA, not 2 million with 68 million deferred, but his $70 million average annual salary is more than the entire opening day payroll of the Baltimore Orioles, who are a playoff team. It's more than, you know, the $700 million is more than the A's have spent on their last 10 opening day payrolls. How is this all the same sport? It drives, it's, it's not, it really isn't. Sporticus says the Dodgers just committed a ton of money towards not winning the World Series again. Hey, let's see what happens. I mean, the one thing that baseball at least has going for it is there's no amount of money that guarantees anything. A certain amount of money pretty much means you'll be a playoff team. But after that, baseball happens. And bad baseball teams can beat good baseball teams in any baseball game. It's It's a weird sport a weird sport. But we don't need to worry about that right now. We have other things to worry about. And this brings us to the Golden State Warriors. Again, we, we, we have, we've done this show before. We've done this segment before, haven't we? Draymond Green going out of his way to just do something on a basketball court that is an unnatural basketball action. I've been watching basketball my entire life. I've never seen anyone try to deliver a roundhouse punch the way that Draymond did that to Yusuf Nurkic last night. I mean, he can talk about I was trying to sell a call and I didn't want to flop, so I was flailing my arms. Okay, even if that's what you were doing, you did it in such a ridiculous fashion and you did it and you admitted to why you did it because you didn't like the way that Nurkic was pulling on on your hip. Again, I could get Draymond Green thrown out of any basketball game playing against him within under five minutes every single game. I could get that he is so easy to get under to ruffle his feathers is effortless. It's completely effortless to ruffle the feathers of Draymond Green. He takes the bait every single time. Draymond Green is a bait taken fool. And if Nurkic went out there to j- get under his skin a little, Draymond, let him get right underneath there. And all I can tell you, Draymond, we've had this conversation before. Here we are having it again. Here we go. And maybe we can frame it in a different way because obviously nothing is working. Okay? You obviously don't give a damn about your coach or your team. And that's where we are now. That's where we are. Draymond Green, forget all about the game of basketball. Forget all about respecting officials. That seems to be way off your radar of possibility. That'll never happen. Forget about respecting the game. Forget about respecting your opponent. You're disrespecting Steph Curry. Do I have your full attention now, Draymond Green? The man has put rings on your fingers and millions of dollars in your pocket. And I'm going to tell you right now, Draymond is spectacular, is a well-rounded basketball thinker, an IQ guy as you are, is a great defensive matchup as you are. Had you been a New York Knick, you would have never won a thing. Never won a thing. Draymond is more than along for the ride when it comes to the Warriors' success, but he's never spent a day in the driver's seat. Steph Curry's the pilot. I wouldn't even say Draymond is more than a co-pilot. He's like been the head stewardess. He disrespects his coach. He disrespects the game of basketball whenever he steps on the court. But most offensive of all is he disrespects Steph Curry with these actions. And what's nuts, and, 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 and he's actually, Draymond's having a very good year when he's out there playing. He's hitting the three-point shot at the best clip of his entire career. He is playing well-rounded, this-is-effective Draymond Green basketball when he's out there. But he's not out there nearly enough. And the reason why he's not out there nearly enough is because he doesn't know how to stay in a basketball game because he shits his pants like a scared little girl every single time the going gets tough. He does. He does. There's no other way to say it. When you cannot keep your emotions in check, you are a child. So listen to me, child. It's time for you to stop disrespecting Steph Curry because all of your nonsense we can abide by. Disrespecting Steph Curry, we cannot abide. The dude does not abide. Draymond Green clearly does not value the end of Steph Curry's career here. A man, again, who's put rings on his fingers and money in his pockets, and Draymond just can't get it right. I don't know why. It doesn't make sense. I mean, the guy's gotten everything that he's wanted. He's playing some really good basketball. He's being more aggressive scoring. He's still a defensive linchpin for the team, but... He's played in 15 games, and he's now been ejected from three of them. He's already served a five-game suspension, and honestly, I hope he gets another five more. What he did on that court in Phoenix was ridiculous. Ridiculous. Nobody plays like that. Nobody loses control of their appendages like that. Nobody, nobody in this league plays like that, except Draymond Green. And, you know, would another five games get his attention? The answer is definitively no. He is as committed to his I'm a great, aching, gigantic asshole routine as any player I've ever seen in sports. He is committed to the bit. He really is. Being suspended for an NBA finals game couldn't help him find Jesus. Nothing will. Nothing will. He is uncorrectable. At this point in his career, he is clearly uncorrectable. Getting right and flying right for Steph Curry not even going to happen, disrespects his coach, disrespects the game of basketball, disrespects his opponent. He's a disrespectful son of a bitch. He is. He really is. Now, there have been an awful lot of times where the juice has been worth the squeeze of Draymond, but we are getting to the point where that that's all in the rearview mirror. And what's brutal is there's more than three and a half years remaining on this guy's contract. And if it's this bad now, what is year four of this going to look like? Again, none of this is new. I brought this all up in the past. Change his name to Draymond Red Flag if you want. This is just, it's It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And because of this ridiculous action, the Warriors have lost four of their last six, six of their last 10, and nine of their last 13. And Steph Curry is the only dude on this team that I wouldn't consider trading. That's it. Mike Dunleavy, you need to break this shit up. Because if you keep it together, it's not going to work well. And how you go about breaking it up, I really don't even know. I really don't even know, and let me explain why. First of all, Steph Curry deserves a better brand of teammates than the teammates that he has right now. I saw this, and this was this was something that, that all these numbers were valid before the game in Phoenix. I didn't get to this yesterday. I'm getting to it here right now. Steph Curry is averaging 29.4 points per game on 67.4 true shooting percentage. That means, what are you doing From the field, from the three-point line, and from the line. He's got a 67.4 true shooting percentage. The rest of the Warriors accumulate a true shooting percentage of 54.9. That would rank 28th in basketball. The difference of 12.5% between a player's true shooting percentage and the rest of their team's true shooting percentage for a 25 point per game scorer is the biggest this century. In other words, Steph Curry is literally now not carrying a team that is, you know, strength in numbers, he's carrying a bunch of bums. The rest of the Golden State War, if you're not Steph Curry and you're a Golden State Warrior this year, you're a bum if you're one of the starters. Now, Kavon Looney gets a pass here, right? Because Kavon Looney has always been a complimentary player. He's limited in so many ways, and that limitation is fine as long as the rest of the Warriors around him are the Warriors around him. When the Warriors stop being the Warriors that we remember around Kavon Looney, the effectiveness of Kavon Looney starts to vanish quickly. So Kavon Looney is without a doubt... A player in a circumstance, and he used to be a perfect player for the circumstances that he was in. But right now, he is never going to be the guy who's going to step up in that scoring column and the Warriors are having trouble scoring if you're not named Steph Curry. Did you see what the bench did? 80 points from the bench in Phoenix. There are players on this team who want it, who go out there and bust ass. And it's Jonathan Kaminga, and it's it's Moses Moody, and it's Brandon Pajemski. And what do you know? We actually got seven minutes out of Trace Jackson Davis last night. Way to go, Steve Kerr. It's a shame that it takes Draymond getting ejected for that guy to get some playing time. But I guess that's where we are. I just want to go back to, for a moment, if you will allow me, a little walk down memory lane, right? Remember the two-timeline plan? Now, the two-timeline plan was physically embodied by James Wiseman more than anyone else. So when James Wiseman exited stage left, the whole two-timeline plan felt like it very much had vanished. It didn't work. Wiseman represented it more than Kaminga, more than Moody. And because of James Wiseman going belly up as an NBA player, the two-timeline plan then no longer really existed. But just for a moment just for a moment, let's say the two timeline plan was still on. It's still happening. James Wiseman, no longer a part of it. But if there ever really was a two timeline plan, the whole point was that there was no, that the timeline was not not parallel in perpetuity. If there was a two-timeline plan, for a two-timeline plan to actually work in any way at some point, there needs to be an acknowledgement of these timelines bisecting or intersecting each other. It can't be all parallel path. It has to be a a, a bisecting of the timeline, at which point your established stars are descending and the new guys are ascending, and all of a sudden, that's how the two-timeline plan is supposed to work. For the two-timeline plan to have ever worked, to even have suggested it existed in the first place, was an acknowledgement at some point these kids are going to be better than these older players. And we are seeing that. We're seeing that in real time. At some point in the timeline, the lines intersect. And that point is happening right now. And Steve Kerr can either wake up and smell what he's got. And last night in Phoenix, it seemed to be an acknowledgement with again, Looney's not the offender here, but Wiggins and Clay were sat down. Wiggins and Clay were sat down. And Moody and Pajemski and Kaminga and Trace Jackson Davis were in the closing lineup, right? Look, I really don't know where the solution is for the Warriors. It feels like Mike Dunleavy Jr. needs to make a trade. But who you trading? Like, Clay Thompson just isn't who he was and might never be that guy again. And if he's lucky, I mean, if, you, if we're being generous to Clay, let's say he's got 20 great games left in his NBA body. We haven't seen one of them yet this year. You know, if you've really got 20 great games left in him, wouldn't we have seen one already? He is hunting for something that doesn't seem to be available to him anymore. This guy misses wide open shots like me in an open gym. I, I, I don't, it's, it's hard to watch. It's hard to explain. Watching him force it doesn't make anything better. Clay Thompson is diminished. Full stop. There's no correcting it. Doesn't seem to be. Andrew Wiggins, meanwhile, is just soft. He's a soft person. He's a soft player. He's soft. There's nothing about Andrew Wiggins that would ever win a back alley fight. Nothing. Nothing. Andrew Wiggins is soft. Full stop. There's a reason why the league has made jokes about him since the day he'd entered. You know, we stopped telling jokes about him to be nice. He had a really good NBA finals. I no longer believe that he chose to be great during the NBA finals. He just got lucky that week. Andrew Wiggins is soft. Full stop. Soft. Soft. Mentally, soft, physically, soft-ass bitch. No other way to say it. Soft. Soft. Soft player. Draymond Green is a malcontent of the first degree. And he is now better defined by his disruption to the team than he is his defense leading this team to victory. You know, Draymond as an asset is hard to, it's hard to see it. And I don't understand it because he got pool off the team. He got his contract extension. He should be very, very happy with the situation that he remains in, but he's not. He's not. Draymond Green is going far out of his way to let us know he's never been less happy. He's never been more angry. He's never been less coachable than he is right now. And I don't understand it because he's literally won all the little battles in his career to get to this point in his career. And it's just awful. Look, Wiggins never wanted it. Draymond won't own up to it, and Clay can no longer summon it. Who's going to want those guys? Let's say who's gonna, who's going to want to trade for either of those guys? You basically got. Kaminga, Moody, Pajemski, and Trace Jackson Davis, they all want it. They all want to go out there and prove and play hard and play together every night and not get ejected and not do stupid things. All of them clearly want it, and all of them are starting to, again, bisect where the timelines are crossing. And and we got descending, descending players and ascending players. And Steve Kerr, you need to process the real time information. You need to stop with your loyalty to your veterans. You need to stop with this hope that guys will play themselves out of it or play themselves into a better headspace. This is who you are. You're deep enough into an NBA season to your team is on the court, coach, and your team right now sucks. Sucks sloppy ass bunch of half steppers is what you got in three of your starting five. You know, when the Warriors' starting five doesn't equal the sum of its parts anymore, it's time to get a new starting five out there. Just full stop. That's how basketball works. Wiggins has a deal that no one would really want, and you know if you trade for Andrew Wiggins, you're not getting a difference maker. Draymond has a personality and attitude that no one else would want. If he can't be respectful of the team that's given him everything, he'll never be respectful of a new situation. And Klay Thompson is diminished, and who's going to want a guy missing open threes and forcing shots? I don't know what the Warriors are going to do to get out of this one but they need to start acknowledging the team that they have is probably the team that they have and the only way to get through this year is to start playing guys who want it more and are playing better than the established stars on this team there are hard lessons out there and it's time for Steve Kerr to learn them and process them and put them into motion loyalty schmoyalty you got to go win some basketball games and if you can't win games with your veterans It's time to look in another place. It's just that simple. Again, we're going to hop into Club Plus today. We'll see what's going on. I hope I haven't missed any more Super Chats. I haven't been focused over there. If you have given at the office, I thank you greatly. Um, Thank you. Hit like. Hit subscribe. Got 250 people in the room right now. That's a nice little Wednesday afternoon gathering. Thank you very much. If the algorithm brought you here for the very first time, it's wonderful to have you here. You are amongst friends. Please like and subscribe. Hit that notify button too. You will not be upset that you did. Uh, I told you yesterday we had a story that I was going to get to, but I didn't. And I I hate to bait and switch. I hate to tell you that I'm about to talk to something about something and then I forgot. We just kind of went off on a little bit of a rant yesterday and I never got to this, but... Clearly, I care about sipping. I clear I care about uh, booze and some alcoholic beverages. We've certainly had those on as a sponsor. And uh, there is a new beverage out there that I gotta tell you I only have a morbid curiosity in. So all this story on Bro Bible, and this is how we're wrapping up today's show. If you keep tabs on the culinary world, you're familiar maybe with the restaurant in Copenhagen named Noma. It is supposed to be the best restaurant in the world. The most inventive, the most, uh, uh, you know, embracing seasonality, incredible restaurant there is. Okay. Uh, Plenty of chefs, great chefs have spent time at Noma, including a chef named Lars Williams who spent eight years in Denmark in that kitchen, working as the head of research and development before opting to strike out on his own and founding a company called Empirical, which is a flavor company that specializes in unconventional alcoholic spirits that don't fall under traditional categorical umbrellas. This is from Bo- Bro Bible. According to Food & Wine magazine, his latest creation was inspired by Doritos. You want to know what's really funny? I know a guardsman whose grandfather invented the Dorito chip. Truly, truly. I, a, a friend of mine in the guardsman, his grandfather invented Doritos. So he's done very well. A lot, a lot, a lot of family wealth there. Um, but anyways... Inspired by Doritos is the new liqueur that promises to deliver your favorite nacho cheese flavor in liquid form. Again, I like, I like liqueur. I like liquid form. I like nacho cheese. I never once thought we need to put all these together. Empirical has harnessed vacuum distillation. Uh, uh, A process that allowed it to capture the essence of the brand's signature chip to create an alcoholic beverage that clocks in at 42% ABV and boasts the following flavor profile. Here is the Dorito liqueur flavor profile. The spirit opens with umami and tangy aromas of nacho cheese moving to a deeper corn-forward flavored, f- corn forward flavors of the chip to finish on a soft, salty note. No thanks. No thanks. I mean, when you really think about it, the core essence of that nacho cheese flavor is kind of like toe fungus. Nacho cheese is like it 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 can be a little stinky. And I don't think I I I don't I don't think I, I want that in my liqueur. So you're telling me it starts like a gym sock but finishes like a corn chip? Again, I'm all for adventurous eating. I'm all for adventurous drinking. That adventure is just a little bit too far for me. And I think we've brought this show as far as it needs to go. Like Draymond Green, we've officially taken this far enough. I want to thank you if you're listening to the podcast. Thank you so very much for downloading it. Do it each and every day. Uh, Not only do you get the Damon Brew Show as part of your daily podcast whenever Larry Kruger and I do a Niners Wake Up, and we're going to stick with Niners Wake Up through the rest of the year, and then we will go into a more generic form after the football season is over. But Niners Wake Up will be back on Friday, getting you ready for 49ers in Arizona at 8.35 a.m. That's our start time this Friday. And um, then when Jillian comes home from New York, we'll go back to our normal routine, 8 a.m. start time, I guess. But uh, a little bit later, because I got kids to drop off. But that's how we're going to get it done this week. Big week for the 49ers. Very disappointing loss for the Warriors. And I'm not interested in your nacho chip shots. Dorito cheese shots. No, thank you. But thank you for tuning in. Thank you for downloading the podcast. You can get that podcast anywhere you download your podcast. And I want to remind you that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, he's gone.